With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to 3 In, 3 Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast. On 3 In, 3 Out, we like to dive deep into the micro moments of the game, the nooks and crannies, if you will, because that's what fanatics do. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter at Clinton Bonn. And I'm joined by the great Brandon Schultz and find him at Seahawkers Pod on Twitter. All right, Flock, let's dive into the sober yin and raging yang that is three in, three out. Go Hawks. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest episode of Three In, Three Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter at Clinton Bonn. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Brandon, Brandon, the Seahawks are Seahawks. We just, we just put away a division, uh, you know, in quotes, rival to take our record to six and one. We beat them down. We beat them up inside, outside, come around. It was a thing of beauty. Brandon, I was telling you before we got on the pod, I could barely sleep last night, and yet I'm still this fired up. Brandon, how are you feeling today after a big 10-point victory over the lowly San Francisco 49ers? You know, it's a 10-point victory uh, in the final score, but it really did feel as every bit of the 23-point lead that they had at the, at the start of the fourth quarter there after the Myers field goal. And I wish people could go back. Clinton and listen to last week's introduction that you gave and the energy from this one, because it is completely 180 degrees after last week's three and three out intro. Well, you know, sometimes, uh, well, not even sometimes, Brandon, it's just like this. When you win, I get fired up. And when we lose stupid games to a stupid other rival that we should have won, you know, I get a little, I get a little down. I get a little sullen. But we are back. We're, we're on the personal good side of the ledger. The whole thing feels like an in to me. I know it does to you as well. And Brandon, why don't we just bring the good people of Earth, or the, the good people of Seattle, Montana, just the entire globe, the, the hawk or the flock out there. Why don't we remind them that in three and three out, we don't subscribe to like so many rules. It's not like 10 commandments. It's not so many things. However, however, there is one, there is one rule that we must obey. We have to follow it, but I always forget it. Brandon, what's the, what's the one rule on three and three out? I know you, you're the keeper. Of yes. It. I, I try and keep track of these things. I, I try and keep track of other rules too, especially other places that have, that have narrowed their rules down to just one rule. And I'm, I'm reminded of the movie Anchorman of when the the one do you remember that one rule clinton it's no touching of the hair or face you know when you're going into your your anchorman battle among stations so much like anchorman we have our own one rule and that is when the seahawks win we start with an in we start with an in that is exactly correct and we're going to get into it on this episode's yes the blood of the 49ers will run on the streets because because we just freaking destroyed our quote-unquote rival, the Bang Bang 49er gang. They're pretty much toast, and I'm fired up to bring it to you with you, Brandon. So why don't we just do it? I want to just get right in. We, let's dive into that first in, and why don't we start right now? 
All right, Brandon, so we do get to start with the end. And, and again, a big 10-point victory. Listen, sometimes things happen chronologically on three in, three out. We know about the sober yin, the raging yang. We're going to get to it all. Sometimes they happen like right at, right at the onset. I keep my ledger. And sometimes I'm like, just I'm, I'm hacking away right away with the first in. I am going straight at the first defensive play of the game. Toss, sweep, right. I don't even care who the 49ers running back is. I'm not sure if it was McHasty, McTasty, McRib, McKinnon, Coleman. I don't care who it was. I don't, who cares about them? Toss, sweep, right to some 49er generic running back. And Quandre Diggs shoots down from the safety position and just lambastes the anonymous 49er running back and just brings his hat so early, right out of the gate. The energy, the physicality, and my fingers were like, oh, that's the first in right there because it set the freaking tone, Brandon. First in goes to Diggs for bringing his hat on the first defensive play of the game. What do you think? Yes, that was Tevin Coleman, the anonymous running back carrying the ball on that particular carry. And he only did it twice more in the game. So maybe the physicality got to him a little bit. He did have one 12 yard run, but yeah, just held the four yards there. And uh, Diggs, you know, he was going for kill shots a lot mm-hmm. in this game. He did have one that he whiffed on, but uh, I, I love the tone setting. Like you mentioned on the very first play of the game and it was Diggs bringing the heat. And it, and, it, and it just felt like right away, the energy on the sidelines and like, you know, in the living rooms, it just it was just like, whoa, like I'm at the edge of my seat already. And it's the first play of the game. And, you know, I, I've realized the stage is not as big as the Super Bowl, the 43 to eight, you know, victory over, over the Broncos. This is not exactly a cam hit, but it was pretty damn good. And, and it was it was, but it was the same thing in terms of like setting the tone that wait a second, we're bringing our hats today. And we'll talk about some other players that did some amazing things throughout this episode for sure. But a lot of this episode is about that physicality. A lot of this episode is about that speed, about that aggression. And and then when we had chances, just for the most part, for the most part, just sure as heck tackling and making people feel really, really hurt. I mean, I guarantee today, besides the score, besides the score, I guarantee today the Niners dudes are a heck of a lot more banged up. And I'm not talking about injuries. Injuries suck. I mean, they are just more bruised. They are more hurt than our Seahawks are. Because even the one where like DK Metcalf gets, you know, he drops that ball and the dude runs into his chest. The dude went back five feet because we're just, we're being more physical. And, and that is just a beautiful thing to see because there was a lot of, you know, notions of, of of us being a little too passive on defense and a little too just not just again not bringing our hats, but boy oh boy did that change yesterday. And again, Diggs gets that big first in, and I'm loving it. You know, when you're trying to tackle DK Metcalf, it's not like there's a soft spot that you can kind of aim for. But I think if I'm gonna put my helmet somewhere on DK's body, it's not gonna be directly into his 12 pack of abs. Yeah, yeah, that dude, that dude, yeah, I, I agree. It was a bad, it's a bad decision. <laughs> you know, the guy made a bad decision, and he definitely put his his face and helmet into his uh his you know sternum ab region. And, and DK Metcalf went nowhere, and the other dude kind of crumbled like a pancake, like a like I'm overly microwave pancake, and just just bled out. I'm like, oh, that guy's hurt. And just among you know, even though it wasn't a catch, it was among DK's highlights on the day. Yeah, DK is showing up on and all sorts of uh, things that don't show up in the stat book, perhaps, but uh, but do injure the crap out of uh, you know our our biggest rivals' uh, emotions. Yeah. And can I, you, I'm here can for you that. tell by now that I'm trying to keep this going so we don't have to get to an out? I can. 
but let's do it. Let's get let's just blaze through these outs. They're so few and far between. I freaking love it. Let's go. Okay. All right, Brandon. So, you know, for those out there that don't know too much yet about three in, three out, we, we bounce back and forth from the good side of the ledger back over to the outside, the bad side of the ledger. And uh, frankly, when I went back and looked at my notes, I just didn't, I, I did not have that many outs. I was like, wow, there we, this is a pretty darn clean sheet, but there were a couple, there were a few. They're going to, I think they're going to seem awfully nitpicky in a game like this, but Hey, that's, that's the way the, uh, the cookie crumbles when the Niners crumble like they did, but I'll, I'll get to one right now, Brandon. So it's six, nothing. We're up after the, uh, the Myers miss on the extra point, you know, whatever that these things happen. He's been good on his field goals. He misses one, no harm, no foul in this game. We're good. But six nothing mid second quarter. At this point, Ken Norton had been bringing the heat like substantially, bringing the heat. It was already like from Jump Street. We're, we're we're on them. Then we get into the first legitimate third and long kind of of the game for the Niners on a on a drive and a bit of a drive. It's like they, they're getting a little bit going. Third and nine, and all of a sudden, like it, it, we're only up six nothing. All of a sudden, we just decide to not. You know, we bring four. And we get, it's like back to zero of pressure. So as much as I, and you know, what happens, I think it's a 10 yard out to Bourne, like easily, easily converts it and away they go, they convert and they're, they're down the field. So that the out there is just like, why don't we do the things that are working like all the time? We talk about this all the time is like, wait a second, Jimmy G wilts under any sort of pressure, any, any sort of pressure. And it's evident on the tape and what we're already seeing on the field yesterday but the first chance we get a, a 39, we don't do it. And the out is partially there to say, okay, that's one little nitpick on, on Ken Norton in, in a day that he had a good day. Overall, though, you know, I'm excited about the pressure we got, but we do have to sit back and go, were we able to get pressure with three or four dudes at any point yesterday? And really, the answer is no. Yeah, third and nine. And that was down inside the red zone yes, uh, with, the, with the 49ers looking to score there. And yeah, I don't think we had really a good sense of how Jimmy Garoppolo was going to handle the pressure for the entire day at that point, because it was just the first drive. I think we can look back now. And that was one of the things I was a little bit surprised by, because I talked about this with Adam on the Seahawkers podcast last week, that when Jimmy Garoppolo had been blitzed to the season, it was he had his largest yards per attempt. It was up over 11 yards per attempt when blitzed. And whether the Seahawks were doing you know, taking away that outlet receiver from Jimmy in this game. But in in this game, Jimmy, when blitzed, uh, it was 12 times and only three yards per attempt when they're blitzing. He completed six passes for just 27 yards. So it was it was definitely something that um, I, I feel like they'd done differently. And maybe it just seemed such a contrast, you know, essentially with what they did against Arizona last week and Kyler Murray. So that was a huge difference in this game. And yeah, they, they kind of got away from that uh, on that 49ers first scoring drive. Yeah. And, and Garoppolo's the, the, only the, scoring drive. He's all, yeah, his only scoring drive before we hurt his feelings, you know, and, and uh, which we did over and over again, this was an emotional game for the Niners and they were not feeling good. That plane ride. Oh, that's gotta be brutal. But, but regardless, the one part I do want to challenge is that like, you know, saying that like Garoppolo, there wasn't, there wasn't really, you know, we didn't know how Garoppolo was going to be one way or the other, but like, yeah, we do. Like there is, there is like two years of tape out there now that if you just put some pressure on really, really Garoppolo or Goff, you put pressure on those dudes, you just, you don't give them a clean pocket. 
they become bad quarterbacks really fast. Right. And then, you know, I, I've well, and, say, and that's, you know, with pressure that that makes sense. But sending an extra guy, sending a blitzer, then sometimes, you know, th there are quarterbacks that are very good at diagnosing that and capitalizing on that very sure. well. And Russell Wilson, obvious and an obvious example in that case, because he did that with, you know, to near perfection in this game against 49ers. Yeah, he was on fire. And, and, and you know, like I said, the, the out doesn't really hang on anybody specifically here. It is it's a bit of a, a bit of a one off, which is nice. It was it was kind of a one off. We saw a little bit of this later in the game, but we were up 20 at that point. Yeah, so 23. Was, uh, yeah, 23. So I didn't have I didn't have issues with uh, with uh, playing a little softer later, although it'd be nice to bring the heat a little bit then, too. But but overall, you know, great. This is when the outs start becoming ins overall. <laughs> beautiful, beautifully done. Well, I, I, you know, I can throw it out in here. We normally don't talk officiating, but because it was part of this first drive, that yes. penalty given to Alton Robinson on Trash. the very first play on the first and 10 where he comes Trash. in and he doesn't he doesn't go helmet to helmet on Garoppolo. Nope. He doesn't go low on Garoppolo. He doesn't land on top of him like we know that there's a penalty for that. He didn't hit him late. I, I don't understand what the 15 yard rushing the passer penalty was for other than that the 49ers decided not to block him. So he had a full head of steam running at Garoppolo. Yeah, no, I mean, great points there because this that that drive was, like you said, the only scoring points that Garoppolo put up until until Mullins was in later. And, and they that, got and the again, started essentially midfield because of yes, the penalty. Very, yeah, exactly. Very. And, and, and that was it. And without that. This could be a this could be very easily been a shutout deep into the fourth quarter. And at that point, if you're shutting the team out, well, then, you know, there's a little bit of a little more pride in the line. And you don't want <laughs> you right. don't want they, they might have gone I after think, uh, correct, uh, correct. Mullins a little bit more. Yeah, you got to get the blood in the water and you want to go at it a bit more. But you're right. I mean, it, it was just one of those plays where it's like, you know, the modern NFL. Sometimes you're like, what's a dude? What is what's what's he supposed to do? Like it, you ran through all the things that check the box. Like, no, that's that's a perfectly cromulent hit. And it was so just stupid call. Luckily, it didn't cost us all that much in the end because we're better than the 49ers. And that's the big takeaway from this game. And now that we're you know, we've got one in one out in, let's come back after the break. Clinton, we'll do two and two on the back end and finish this off. Oh, the Woolery. Okay, Brandon, we are back. And Brandon, you know, you know, I like those buttery nooks and, and then, then, them treacherous and beautiful. Can those go together? Maybe they can. It's near Halloween, treacherously beautiful crannies. You know, I like to dive into those things. And, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing touchdowns to Moore and we're seeing touchdowns to Metcalf. And, and I love all that. The, the elements of some of those things I want to call out, um, it's a two play combo, but the end's going to go to, to a group. Right? It's mm. going to go to a grouping. So we get a jet sweep to, to Moore. Moore played a hell of a game. Jet sweep to Moore. He goes around the right end, takes it for, I don't know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 yards of the first down. A little bit later in that drive, DK on the on the, the deep in, and then he just hooks it around the bend and goes and goes for you know, the next 30 yards and blows away the field for, for that touchdown. The two elements that were happening on that play was exceptional, exceptional downfield blocking by our tight end group and man oh man were they like you know they're not going to show up all too big in, in the stat sheet there was not a lot of a, you know, a lot of um a lot of attempts there was this wasn't a lot of action that away to the tight end group however 
every single time we're springing a big play, the tight ends were were uniquely involved downfield. And it, and it wasn't just, it was all three of them. And Hollister, I think on both the sweep and then the, and then the play to Metcalf was one of the two that were out there. So as a group, just showing up in different ways, being a huge part of why we succeeded yesterday, that tight end group's getting a big in back to fundamentals and blocking there, you know what's off. When you look at the pro football focus, run blocking grades for the Seahawks, Dwayne Brown finishing on top. He's having an outstanding season at left tackle. But the next two guys right behind him, Greg Olson was the next best in terms of run blocking. Jacob Hollister right behind him. And then number five, Luke Wilson, uh, who was really only in for three plays. But hey, uh, he, w- he was in there. And yeah, it just shows you the tight end group kind of at the top of the of the list here when it came to run blocking against the 49ers. You got to you got to love when the when the the, the eye test matches uh matches the Again, the, the, I only stat, bring it up. Stat, I only exactly. bring it up when you when what you see yeah, yeah. matches. It's like it's like watching football highlights. You don't you don't you know, they don't show you a punt return unless unless the dude brought it back, uh-huh. right? So it's it's we, we we bring it together, but but it's but that to me is emblematic of this is a team. And you know, we are the, we're the number one offense in the league. We're regularly putting up 30 something points despite injuries, these are the kinds of things as to why we have success, why why a, a jet sweep doesn't go for five but goes for 12, why DK doesn't just have a nice, you know, 20-yard game but has a, you know, 40-something yard touchdown. These are the elements and the plays that are there, and it's just pure professionalism across the board. So while, while Olsen's not having a big year statue-wise, He's doing he's doing what a tight end's got to do. And I, I still like Hollister. I liked Hollister all last year. And to me, the dude just, you know, he doesn't get a ton of run. However, when his number is called, I always feel like he's doing really positive things out there. So, you know, this is this is my kind of this is my kind of cranny right here. Yeah. And I think we even saw Hollister taking some fullback snaps in this game lined up in the backfield. And I, I think you're right on with Greg Olson. I think it's important to recognize where his other contributions are and where you have people looking at that saying, you know, $7 million for a veteran tight end. Gosh, you know, when you have Disley, when you have Hollister, when you drafted Colby Parkinson. And I think having that veteran presence in that tight end room, I mean, it may not be returning on the investment in terms of yards and touchdowns, but I think there are areas where he is contributing that you, where you can't measure. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you. And you know what? He's at at he's still going to show up later in the year as well, right? It's going it's going to happen where it's like, oh wow, Olsen had a two touchdown game, or Olsen Olsen got the game winner this time. Yeah, or a big third down, or a big fourth Correct. down catch. Correct. We've which seen those from him already. Which he's done over and over. And uh, you know, Disley. I think this is the first. I think I saw a stat that this was Disley's first game where he outsnapped Olsen. Mm. Right. So that's just it's just getting Uncle Will back into like what is the true tied in one role. And that's, and that's great too, because at this point in their career, as long as Disley's healthy, he's going to be a bigger offensive weapon. Like we saw a couple of weeks ago with the, the wheel route that he got for the third yard floated down the left-hand side for the, uh, drop in the basket touchdown. But I just, you know, I like the mix and there's a reason we're six and one. It's because of, it's because of these kind of players. So I'm just, I'm just glowing right now. That's all. Yeah. They really mixed in, in terms of snap counts. Yeah. It was Disley with 43 snaps, Olson 37 and Hollister with 26. There you go. That's that's a great mix, and of course uh, Wilson with three. But but in those three, he blocked he blocked his little his little you know tootie off. It sounds like, which <laughs> is great. Uh, and 
one other stat that I did see last night, I was telling you, I was up, I was up late last night, just taking in. If there was Seahawk content to to be had, I was just bathing in it. I loved it so much. But I did see, I think it was, I think it was Pro Football Focus that Seahawks Pass Pro is now rated seventh in the league. Wow. Yeah, that's seventh, seventh best Pass Pro. Don't quote me on that. I think it's out there. Not, but not seventh pretty... in the NFC West. Seventh no, no. in the NFL. <laughs> seventh in the league. And uh, that is, I mean, the, the folks who are listening to this have likely listened to, uh, likely longtime Seahawks fans. Um, that's remarkable. That is to be, you know, to be uh, it basically in the, yeah, that's in the, that's in the top quarter, right? That's almost the top 20% versus years and years of, of really being the opposite. That is a remarkable difference, and we're kind of seeing the fruits of it. Yeah, well, it's got to be better than even the 2013 season, right? Where everybody harkens back saying, oh, that was that was the best line that Russell Wilson had uh, ahead of him. Yeah, this is a better line, and it's a better offense. All right, Brandon, we are back on the outside of the ledger, and like we said, there, I didn't see that much that was upsetting me in this game, but there's there's some stuff. You mentioned this earlier, so this is going to be one of those rare occasions where a dude wears an in, but he also gets to wear the heavy, the heavy-hearted crown of the out. We're going to go right back to Diggs. That late, that late touchdown the Seahawks let up. You know, hey, yes, the game. Let's let's just preface this, right? Yes, we won by ten. Yes. It never felt there was never a big, big panic moment. And yet when they were up, you know, half a half a hair away from making it a one score game with that two point conversion, it was like, oh, man, are we about to go down this path? You know, Adam in, in the discord was like, he's like, are we about to make this, you know, <laughs> close for for no damn reason? Um, and luckily we didn't. And not, not even luckily, luckily, luck has nothing to do with it. Made a great stop on that two point conversion, and then never looked back, and, and that was it. The game, the game never, never was close. But during that sequence, before that touchdown, there was that that when you said Diggs is going for the kill shot, and he did, and we get again got to make those tackles because at that point of the game too, it's a couple things. You know, you cannot let the Niners or any team score quickly, and you've got to make tackles so that you know they have no chance of getting out of bounds also now right. in that case the dude was tackled in bounds et cetera, et cetera. but who knows how that you know you, you don't but know he got that another way. 8 yards or so yes exactly so you're giving up you're basically giving giving them back 15 or 20 seconds right if you're giving them 8 yards you're basically just saying okay here's a free 20 seconds you don't need to earn those again when you you know if we're going to play soft and you're going to let you know Mullins dink dink and dunk a little bit and hit the stuff over the middle it's flat out, you got to tackle. I know Diggs is going for that kill shot, like you said, but in that situation, dude, get your arms out there, wrap, bring the dude down, get back up, and let them burn another 15 seconds. So it's again in a game where we we win big, we got to call out the little bit of warts, a little pimples here. So Diggs gets the in, and now he's got an out. So he has balance. Well, like you said, you know, it, he had already set the tone early on the game with the physicality, and and we saw that that tone play out, you know, through those first three quarters of the game. So going into the fourth quarter, it wasn't so much about setting that physical tone anymore. It was about keeping the guys in front of you, making the tackles and and helping bleed that clock. So I can see why you know, there were only five missed tackles in this game. So if you're going to give right. it to someone to, to wear it for missed tackles in this game, how, how many games have we had where you had one hand where you could count the missed tackles on? And Diggs had one, and gosh, if I want to name everybody, I can. It was Brooks, Ford, Monet, and DJ Reed. So 
you know, it's uh, it's nice when you can just run off the list that quickly. That means there it was a good tackling game. And so, again, this this out is kind of molding into an in in terms of the Seahawks tackling. But, uh, you know, that's the way it goes in a game that's like this. The, well, it's, this is our show. You know, we're going to we're going to run it the way we, we we sure will, please. And but you did bring up a name there. You know what? I'm not even going to mention the name. Maybe you bring it up later, but you definitely hit a name that's not not on my ledger. But boy, oh, boy, probably deserves to be. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, that's it's going to be nitty like this and that that's a okay. So why don't we just get done with this out and get back to the more fun stuff and talk about our, our last in. Let's do it. All right, Brandon, last in a lot of the stuff for me was, it was early and it's not because I was drinking and like forgot to take notes later. I, I, I wasn't drinking during the game whatsoever. Um, I was focused and having fun. And with that, so much of the stuff happened early to me that I was like, Ooh, there's a good little micro moment. I'm going to go back to my man, David Moore. I think David Moore had with when you put everything into the into the hopper and you put it into the blender. I think he had the his best game as a Seahawk that I've ever seen him play top to bottom mm. with, with everything. When we talk about the two key punt returns, a really nifty touchdown, uh, just the jet sweeps where, where he was really good in space. And the play I want to bring out again was early. Zero zero. I think it's I think it's drive two or drive three, but it was, you know, we had a rough start. We just didn't, we looked sluggish. We didn't look very good out of the early gate. But there was a third and five deep in our zone, still in zero zero. And more runs a little slant on the left hand side. He catches the ball and he catches the ball and he's popped immediately. He is hit. He's hit hard. He's over the first down marker, comes down with it, you know, and just it's it's a first down. And it just it just got the friggin' locomotive going. We had to have somebody step up and a convert a, a third down play, which you know Rush gets credit there too, but also hold on to the ball, make a tough contested catch. And Moore was the guy. And it just it seems like if you go back and you go look at the the play by play after that particular first down, that was it. We were out of the gates. We just we did not look back. There was no other time where it was like. Oh, we're slowing down. We're sluggish. It felt good the rest of the game. So for me, you know, I love momentum. I, I and and David Moore, who I criticized a lot last year. I gotta give this guy love, man. I think he's he has just become like what this show embodies. Like every single week, he's doing something. I'm like, damn, that was a huge play in, in the grand scheme of how it all went. So third and five, David Moore gets the in. And man, I, I think I got I think I've got a bit of a man crush on David Moore this year. <laughs> I, I think you do. It wasn't really, you know, and that drive, it, it it ended up not really going anywhere because of the very next play. It was Jordan Simmons with a false start. And then, you know, they do the second and long run and then the third and long run. But you're it, ruining my narrative I, here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it was well, you know, in terms of narrative for David Moore in this game. I think it embodies just this game as a whole in terms of the physicality because yeah. David Moore, he took that shot to the ribs. He ended up coming out of the game and we heard that he was questionable to even return in this game. And so you look at that, but it, because of that toughness, he came back in and he was part of that drive where you mentioned he, he had the big jet sweep to the right side, picked up 13 yards and two plays later, it was DK Metcalf in for the 46 yard touchdown. So I, I think you can look at that and say, you know, there was a guy who, yeah, he took the shot, you know, much like Diggs delivering those types of shots. And we didn't see much of Tevin Coleman, but yeah. we did see some big plays from David Moore after after taking that shot 
by the 49ers. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful way to, uh, you know, bring it back, bring it back to the importance of it. Uh, be, because I had forgotten, I, I, you know, it came back to me that you're right. He was, he was all of a sudden questionable with, with, with a rib injury. And then he's back out there. I'm like, Oh damn, he's okay. Good. Because I got to tell you, like from a punt return perspective, He's really good. He is an exceptional punt returner. Uh, and that's not just always getting the yards, but that's that's knowing where to be, always catching the ball in the air, not letting the bad ball bounce when, when it, you know, when when it, there's a chance to go get it. And he's been really good in space, even just a little bit of space to go create 10, 15 extra yards, which are huge on punt returns, absolutely crucial on punt returns. Now, one thing I will say is as good as he is as a punt returner, I'm actually, I think we've talked about this before. I'm ready to give kickoffs to somebody else. I'm ready to give kickoffs to like, give it to Freddie Swain. Mm. I, I want I want that one cut guy who could just go that has that zero to holy, you know, holy heck speed. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really just not David Moore's game anyway. Like I, I like, he's reliable. I like him a lot. Uh, you know, you know who I don't want back there? Let's bring it back to the positive. You know who I don't want back there? I don't want Dante Pettis returning kicks for us because when he does that, he loses a soul because of Cody Barton, which is really nice. <laughs> Cody Barton coming up big in this game. And yeah, when you talk about some of the crannies and, and moments, the, the micro moments that really turned this game, Cody Barton, he didn't really have to do much to get on that fumble uh, because it was essentially just right in his mitts as he fell but on the was, ground. But, but Belore got the fumble. Oh, was it so Belore? That, yeah, I, I thought they maybe credited it to Belore, but it was... But it yeah, was no, Barton it was, who was on the, yeah, on the it was ground. A, it was a B. It was B. But, but Barton, you know, Barton got the hit and like actually looked at the sideline. It was like, you know, gave gave the like, are you not entertained look, which was <laughs> which is pretty awesome because the ball was on the ground. Like, hey, that's 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 some balls, bro. Um, but it was it was it was actually Belor's face mask. We talked about that. Talked about this in the Discord. Um, it was Belor's face mask. Just kind of grabbed it and and then just kind of sucked it back in, which is pretty pretty impressive that. Nick Bellore has a symbiote attached to his face mask and can use it at will. It's, that's nice. <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever it takes to win, if that's if that's Bellore's special power and we just need that every once in a while, then I, I think he earned his roster spot this week. I think he definitely did. It wasn't just the fumble recovery. Bellore did. Hey, credit where due. We, I've knocked that guy before. We don't need a fullback. We don't need a fullback. Well, Hey, that fullback showed up. Bellore showed up and got and he got a key first down as well. So, but again, this is. We're talking about the, all these dudes and I'm glowing because that's what a team is. That's why we're six and one. You know, it's, it's not just Russ throwing four, four you know, four dimes. Cause he was freaking amazing again. Uh, it's dudes like Barton and Ballora, which yeah, that, that makes you smile. Well, another thing that makes me smile Clinton is the fact that we've turned two outs into ins. Can we go three for three on this last out? Yeah. Once you hear this one, you'll know we can. Okay, Brandon, so we got this last out. And again, I think I prefaced it earlier by saying it's more of a discussion point, really. The the element for me that came up, and remember, I, I ingested a lot of content post-game. I was into, into it all. You put it out there, I was sopping it up in some cornbread and a biscuit and just devouring Seahawks content. You doubled up cornbread and biscuit. <laughs> yeah, I put the, I was, you know, the turducken, but but just <laughs> I just stuffed those together. And then I, I really wanted as much as much sop potential as I possibly could. It was, uh, it, it, it counteracts the saw sometimes, by the way, which is, which is quite nice. It's a little, little, little known secret that we're heading into Thanksgiving. You just, you, you did you double it up? I can't wait. So, That's yeah. I don't think people, many people, are aware of the the cornbread biscuit combination. But I, I'm willing to try it. Yeah, just you try try anything once, right? Why not? And uh, you know, after the game, there was a lot of 
jibber jabber about like it was this like, kind of like this feeling that people are putting out there about like the Seahawks offense can do whatever the heck it wants with any running back it wants to do with. Mm. And and I was like, wait, did we watch a different game? Did we did did we watch the same game? Are we, are we you know, you know, I will always kind of come to the come to the uh, the love, if you will, the defense of Chris Carson and Chris Carson. He, he does get hurt. This is year three. He's been hurt every single year. But, you know, as much as DJ Dallas played well, he did his thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he obviously gets two touchdowns. I don't think people were watching the same game if they feel that as we enter the winter months, and as we get into games where you've you really got to run the ball. And if we end up in the playoffs against a team like Kansas City, we're going to want to keep Mahomes off the field and be able to control the game a little bit more. And that's that's Chris Carson. Like so there was there was a lot of this sentiment out there that like, oh, yeah, that's why you don't re-sign a guy like Carson. Like, you can make argue, you can make other arguments, but but DJ Dallas's performance as a running back to me was not was not one of those. And so it's not an out to DJ. The dude scored his first two touchdowns in his yeah. career. He played well, but it's just the analysis of any running back will do, which I just I have an allergic reaction to that, and I just shake it off and go, I'm not sure we watched what, what I watched. Yeah, I I would agree with you there. It is definitely not any running back can come in and make the Chris Carson difference, right? I mean, even Carlos Hyde, from what we've seen from him to this point, he Carlos Hyde is not Chris Carson. Right. Carson is he he's borderline top five back in the NFL, and and most of those top five guys, you know, are guys who are you know, such great receiving options out of the backfield too. And Carson's no slouch when it comes to receiving the ball out of the backfield either. He he's up there too. He's just just not in the the McCaffrey, the Cook, the Camara type level, but he is up there. Just I hesitate to say that any running back can come in. I think with Dallas. The fact that he came in, he, he had 41 yards. He, he had some nice catches out of the backfield. I don't know how he got tackled on that screenplay where he had oh, like three dudes you. lined up ahead of him. I think there thank was like you. a 49er and a hatch under the turf that popped up <laughs> and just like grabbed his leg. Because like, I don't know. I don't know how he managed to get tackled with so many Seahawks blockers out in front of him. But I love the fact that Dallas came into this game and he didn't make any huge mistakes. You know, he didn't have that uh, that pass block where he just where he whiffed on or the uh, you know a critical turnover where he put the ball on the ground because that's i think what i worry about the most for a, a guy like Dallas coming into you know is this moment going to be too big for him and i didn't get that sense from Dallas at all awesome points the dude had fun the dude was loose he played his game uh and, and, and you know i had that screen written down as part of this too because you know it's it's fair it's we've done it a couple times this year and it's still few and far between where we, where we set up a screen where you where you know you're at home it's one of those plays where the home viewer could get really excited in advance because number one there's a jailbreak you're like okay that's you know this year especially that's that's odd that there's a jailbreak and then you just start to see the dudes drip out. I'm like, oh, wow, we got three guys out here. We have, we have the convoy set yeah, up. And then Russell Wilson and, actually delivers the pass and yeah, it's caught. It was, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's kind of a 50-50 ball for Russ, which is very strange, but, but, the, but the truth. And then he gets it. And that, that was the thing, too. There's With DJ, you know, we, we talk about that zero to go acceleration. You know, I'll, I'll give, hey, Penny's got to get healthy and get on the field. That's Penny. That might be a touchdown. Like, that's how much faster he can accelerate and go. Where I will turn this back to an in 
is that that's probably a touchdown with Carson because he doesn't get brought down by, you know, a a shoelace tackle. Yeah, for sure. Like apps, I agree a hundred percent there as well, or at least it's, you know, Carson going for 15, 20 yards and then, and then, you know, safety comes up and he takes him for three more yards and it's, it's a big physical play as opposed to wait, how, how'd you get, how'd that happen? How'd you only get five on that play with that though? I will say DJ Dallas reminded me of, and again, I don't think that the talent level is not there, but he's a patient runner. Mm. You know, he got to the outside quite a bit where I didn't think there was anything there. Then all of a sudden he's got seven. I'm like, oh, he, he, he got there. He was, he had a bit of like, like a Le'Veon Bell in him, like early Le'Veon Bell, not, not, not the jerk that's out there now, but like early Le'Veon Bell in his career where he could be super patient back there and then and then see a little thing and go for it. Now, I, I just don't think he's on that kind of level from a talent perspective, but that was the kind of vibe I was going to. I was like, oh, he's got some patience back there. He's not uh, he, he's not, you know, just going to commit to the first holy season and then hope and hope he you know gets two or three yards in the cloud of dust style. So that was cool. And that was encouraging. However, some of those third and twos and some of those plays where it's like, no, dude, you just got to hit that freaking hole and blow a dude back three yards. I don't think that's in his game. And, and you know, that's Chris Carson does a lot of things right. And he certainly does that really, really well. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, bringing up that patience. I compared him to Thomas Rawls in the post game, just in terms of his his energy. But that yeah. reminded me that that was one thing that that Rawls didn't have. You know, he didn't have that patience to to wait for the hole to open up or to get behind a blocker. So I I guess I am a little bit optimistic that Pete Carroll can teach the physical side of it because i think the patient side of it is a, a little more difficult to learn i that's a, i think that's a really cool call out because i agree i think that is a more nuanced thing that if you're if you're confident enough and, and that because that's vision also it's like wait if i just wait a half a tick i think i'm going to be you know better over here and that's that's interesting that that's i don't think that's i don't think that part is teachable like the rawls example is perfect he would like literally run into the back of his center like <laughs> right. like where am I supposed to go? I'm running there. Yeah. <laughs> give it a give it a half a beat. Let him get to the second level, maybe. Like perhaps. Um, yeah, that that's a great call out. So you know, this is a, but but we're celebrating a win. You know, he, he the the dude the rookie got DJ got two touchdowns, one in the air, one by ground. Can't, zero complaints whatsoever. I just want folks to. Uh, my big thing is I want folks to recognize that if we're going to make this playoff run, we're going to get to Super Bowl, and we're going to we're going to play you know, potentially a team like KC, man, we're, you know, and it's going to be cold, right? Actually the game's in Tampa. Ah, heck air it out. Okay. Brandon, we've zigged, we zagged, we, 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 we bobbed a 10 point victory already over the Niners. We had our ins, we had our outs. And I want to remind the good folks out there, the flock, the listeners, how the heck can they get involved? We're talking about we're talking about Discord. We're talking about the Facebook Ring of Honor. You put out podcasts all week long. You have the Seahawkers, the Seahawkers podcast, which is freaking phenomenal. The Field Goals podcast. How can people find, subscribe, contribute, and be a part of, of you know, the, the giving that you give with all this amazing Seahawks content? Yeah, if you want to follow along just to find out when episodes come out and that sort of thing, you can follow along on Twitter at Seahawkers Pod. They can follow you, Clinton, at Clinton Bond. And if, if people want to be more involved, though, if they want to be <laughs> part of the discord, if they want to be part of the Facebook group, they can go to get in and just uh, donating at three dollars a month. That'll get you into the discord group. We have a channel there just for ins and outs for three in, three out. 
And then $12 a month or more gets you into the Facebook group as well. We'll chat there daily, Seahawks talk, posting videos, you know, everything that, that any cool content that anybody in the group comes across, we post it there and, and comment on it throughout the week. So it's a good group to be a part of, even for the game day, just to be one of the things, Clinton, that I think we're missing with, with not having fans at the stadium is, is that mm. kind of community on game day. And so just to have the discord group where everybody can come together and feel like they're cheering on the game together. I think that's really the, the discord group allows you to be part of that and feel some of that, that you wouldn't have going to the games on Sunday. Without a doubt. You know, I, you know, I've shared this before. I grew up in long Island. I, I, I live on the East coast. I I'm, I'm doing this from Connecticut while you're in Montana and the love of the Seahawks brought me to the Seahawkers podcast like five, six years ago. And, and the, the rest is history. But before then, it was like I would sit at home, I'd have a few beers, and maybe I'd go to a bar uh, or I'd, you know, have direct TV and sit at home and I'd watch the game by myself. And, and then, you know, I'd, I'd get on Twitter and I, I would do that. But it, it wasn't this. This is so much. This is so much better. So, yeah, listen, community is, is literally more important than ever. So if you do got the cheddar, put it into the into the till because you got to give to gain right here. So, yeah, the discord is so much fun. But I also love I'm also in the Seahawks ring of honor on Facebook. I love the daily banter. So, you know, if, if you can just celebrate the entire collection, that's what we're saying here. And speaking of celebrating the entire collection for the savvy listeners out there, Brandon, they know, they know when we win, we start with an in, they know, you know, they are golden Hawk rule, if you will. But we also have another, another element, another guiding light that we've, we've developed just this year in 2020, because in 2020, it's the kind of year where, heck, we could use we could use an extra in. We could use more ins when we win. And thankfully, we win more often than we lose by a lot. So, Brandon, for those that are out there that don't maybe just don't know yet, what else what else do we do when we get a victory? Ah, yes. The what you have developed that apparently I only get to do when the Seahawks win. It's That's that correct. I get to bring my own personal in. You've dubbed it the brand in. And I'm gonna give it to our MVP quarterback. Because he does not get enough credit because we do nooks and crannies on the show. It's not often where Russell Wilson does something to where it really fits in to the nooks and crannies. And so I want to go to the third and sixth play as the Seahawks were just about to score a touchdown. It involves David Moore, one of your mm -hmm. favorites from this game. Russell Wilson, the body control that he had on this particular play. Uh, if you can find the video, go search for at Seagoat03 on Twitter. He posted the the end zone view behind Russell Wilson because I had to watch this because I, I mentioned it on the show with John, uh, the, the recap show that I don't know how he escaped the Armstead tackle. I thought maybe, you know, Armstead just went through him and, and somehow, you know, he, you know, doing spooky ghost things on the, <laughs> uh, the post Halloween day. Uh, but Russell Wilson, he had to move to his left and then step up in the pocket and then throw across his body to the right with not only just the three defenders around more, but he, he was escaping Armstead. He was, there was another uh, defender from the defensive line stunting around to the inside that was about to come into his face. And Oh, Damian Lewis was on the ground tripping <laughs> Russell Wilson as he was, <laughs> as he was throwing the ball and falling forward. And so just his ability to contort his body, you know, the, the shift to the left to move around Armstead, the, the ability with his arm 
to, you know, get the, to deliver the pass in there to Moore. And as he was tripping over Damian Lewis's feet <laughs> on the ground, an incredible play by Russell Wilson. And, and I thought was worthy uh, to, to kind of break down as part of my brand in. I love it. I love it so much, you know, it, but you are correct in that we, we don't talk a lot about Russ because he's, he's just, you know, he's always the guy that people talk about. And yet this play still embodies all the things that are, you know, three in three outable, if you will. And the big thing there that I love is, like, you know, Russ did the time warp again, right? A little, little jump to the left and then a shake to the right. And, and it was in, yeah, Lewis, Lewis just whiffs. But I think that the biggest takeaway for me is, is I, I go, I say this, you know, probably a couple times a year when others are talking about, if you have a kid and you have a kid in sports and you're thinking of single tracking your child, like, oh, my child's only going to play baseball. My child's only going to play basketball. Just go watch film of Russell Wilson and realize the dude played basketball, baseball, and football, at incredibly high levels. Put that play on repeat and understand that. His basketball moves and sense came came up right away. His baseball ability to kind of throw off balance and still hit a dude. Like, don't single track your kids. Don't this is this is a PSA, Brandon. Your brand is <laughs> a PSA. Do not single track. Do what Russell does, and your kids will be doing the time warp with, you know, within no time at all. First of all, I, I love the Rocky Horror reference. Uh, <laughs> but two, you know, if we're talking about Russell Wilson being that person that you can point to your kids toward and say, do that. Another play to look at would be the DJ Dallas, the, the missed handoff where he started blocking on the outside and Russ, you know, with the broken play had to figure out, okay, where am I going to go with this football? There were his linemen were in the end zone downfield. So if he throws the ball in that situation, it's a penalty and with an illegal man downfield and he's just trying to get as much yardage as he can and uh, able to, to doesn't lose yardage. I don't think in that situation. So that was a nice move. And on the very next play, he's not mad at Dallas for missing a check. No, he goes right back to him and Dallas catches his first touchdown pass of his NFL career. Yeah. And I actually have one more Russ ism that is in the same exact vein. I think I said it on Twitter while it was happening. There was a play later. We're up pretty big. And it's a little handoff to, uh, to to DJ Dallas to the right side. And DJ is like into the back of like three dudes right away. And what you can see is Russ, he's behind the pocket because he's not going to go charge into a pocket of the 300 pound dudes. Mm -hmm. That's stupid. However, he's behind the pocket of, of the, the cloud of smoke. He's in like baseball position. It's, it's incredible. He's sitting there like a second baseman watching. He's only watching to see if the ball gets stripped. He is just watching DJ Dallas, making sure he's down on the ground with the ball. And he's sitting there just waiting to be like, if that ball comes out, I am going to recover that ball. Yeah. It is intense. Like other, we talk about, Hey, Hey kids go be like Russ. I know, I know it's easier said than done, but as a blanket proposition for the youth of America, go be like Russ. All right, Brandon, you got me blushing over here. We're talking Russ Wilson. It doesn't even happen that often in three and three out. I'm just, I'm, I'm oozing with, uh, what just love, what just love. And that brings me right to, we got to crown the MVC once again for three and three out. That's the most valuable cranny. It's another thing we came up with. This is the 2020. This show is evolving, Clinton. Every, it's, you it's, know what? It's amazing. It's a, it's a year of innovation for us on, on, on this, uh, the, on this broadcast. I'm really happy about that. So without further ado, though, 
that MVC, the most valuable cranny, I'm giving it to that tight end group. That tight end group with the blocking downfield, that's the kind of cranny that I want to jam into week in, week out. MVC to Hollister, MVC to Olsen, MVC to Disley, and heck, Wilson could even have a little uh, a little sloppy seconds. Why not? Clinton's like, Oprah, you get an MVC. You get an MVC. Everybody gets an MVC. Okay, Flock, this is all about you. We're at our favorite part of three and three out. This is the from the flock section. Brandon told you earlier how you can get involved. If you're on out on Twitter, hashtag 3i3o, hit me or Brandon up. Join the Discord, get, get in the Facebook ring of honor. Lots of ways to kind of play. But if you do it, we're gonna do our best to, to get your ins and your outs into the show itself. And that is from the flock. So Brandon. I know you got one teed up. Why don't you take it away? I do, but I just have to correct one thing. Don't don't just hit me up because Clinton's the one that puts all this together. He he is the one. If you just send it to me, it may not get seen. So if you make if you want to make sure that your feedback gets seen, uh, it goes to Clinton and then he shares it with me. You know, as we get into this segment, and I am starting with Jeremy, and he says, "Not a cranny, but holy crap, Bobby Wagner has to get an in." He took it upon himself to set the tone for the defense with big hits and insane pass rushes. I really felt like the whole defense fed off him and looked a lot better this week. Out for Diggs. I love Diggs, but dude, use your arms when you tackle. So, yes, love Bobby it. Wagner. Th this is the one that I, I really wanted to get to. And as Jeremy says, yeah, OK, maybe not a cranny. But if you look at his two sacks, I, I don't know what the wrestling move is where when you grab the dude like by his head and then do the body slam. I think it's called the British, the British bulldog. <laughs> is it the British yeah, bulldog? Because it looks so familiar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was that was bad. It was a beautiful. You, know, you beautiful were call out. listening to to uh, to Seahawks content into the wee hours. I was looking up. What is the name of the wrestling move? that Bobby Wagner pulled on Jimmy Garoppolo. And see, you were able to pull it without, I should have just, you were up. I should have just asked you. Uh, yeah, it's like two ships passing in the night there, right? We just, we just missed, we missed the, uh, the love connection on that, on that boat. But next time, just, yeah, just text me. I'm probably so, up at 1 a.m., you know, why not? So you had Bobby Wagner doing the British Bulldog, and then you had him bull rushing two 49ers offensive linemen. And as Jimmy Garoppolo's running away, he does the, the swipe, at Garoppolo's heel that gets him his second sack of the day. And now after just one game, two sacks, Bobby Wagner is the, the co-team lead for sacks on the Seahawks team. Yeah, he was he was super, super impressive. It was the best game he'd played since uh, week one versus Atlanta. And it was just that it was just that old Bobby vibe. Right. And I think it comes down to listen, we didn't talk too much about another about DJ Reed. We didn't talk much about him yet. We're, we're going to get snacks. We're going to get Dunlap. We're going to get Adams back. Don't sleep on this defense quite yet. We're going to hit a patch of teams that are dreadfully bad. I listen. I, people keep on wanting to say this is a bad, bad defense. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Like, let's wait till it gets a little colder. Let's wait until we're sitting in like late November, early December. Come back and check on our defense then. And, and let's see if you still think that that way, NFL. Yeah, I, I do think that the defense, we're going to start to see it even out here going into the second half of the season. Yeah, and I think we're going to keep on winning some games. And uh, speaking of keep on winning, why don't we keep the, the streak alive? Because this show is all, obviously all about the ends. We got Daniel Weinholz. He's coming in from the Seahawkers pod ring of honor. And you know, he, he gave me a full ledger of three ins, three outs. I'm not going to read all of them. I'm going to hand select one that I love the most. This was in when the Niners hit Russell helmet to helmet. We protected him. 
goes, that's my catfishing, you know, QB, man, get, get back off, get your hands off him. And I like that too. You know, I like, I like that mentality of like, Hey, you, you hit our guy, you hit our guy. You're about to be surrounded by our dudes. And one of them is DK Metcalf. So you, you better, you better bring stronger dudes. And it was one of those hits where you hate to see, I still, I can't get over how many people are trying to defend that. Like I can understand. Okay. If the, if the dude comes in and nails Russ in the ribs or in the hip as he's sliding, because he's not fully into his slide at that point. Okay. That's fine. You're, you're hitting a quarterback before he's really getting, getting into a slide, but the dude came into with the crown of his helmet. So I, I don't see any defense of that. Yeah. To me, it was just like, was he, it's like, was he trying to hurt Russ? No, no, because the slide, the slide was weird. And is that still clearly a 15 yard penalty? Yeah. There's a rule. You can't hit, you can't hit a QB in the head with your helmet. He did. Or any player. It's, flag, it's not know? just a QB thing at that point. It, because if you want to say, okay, the, the normal rules should apply in that situation. If it's a running back who's getting hit with the top of, with the crown of a defender's yeah, helmet, that it should be 15 yards. That part was like so night and day for me too. And like, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm also in the, yeah, I get it. What the hell is a defender supposed to do? Like he kind of slid. However, he lowered his head and used his head to hit, hit Russ's head. This is you know, like, Hey, 15 yards. It's, it's uh, I, I didn't get it either. But one thing I do get Brandon, one, another in I get here is we got John Ryan's face over in the discord. I like that. John Ryan's face is always bringing up other parts of the, the anatomy. He goes in. <laughs> DJ Dallas's smile. I like that. I like that too. And we do have to get an out in here as well, I suppose. So I know, I know we go to, well, leave it to Hong Kong Hawk, Dave Bloomquist (laughs) to give us our first out a few too many pre-snap penalties, but yes, very satisfying win for sure. So I think that, yeah, Dave brings up a good point here. The the pre-snap penalties were, uh, you know, I brought up that one Jordan Simmons on the second drive of the game that really did kind of kill that drive after that Mm -hmm. nice David Moore third down completion. And there were some moments where they were able to overcome some of the penalties, but uh, overall on the day uh, that that does get into the difficulties of selecting an out in this game. And, and I think, I think that's one worth mentioning. Nope. I agree. I agree. I I am going to head right back to an end though. I'm going to just, I'm going to take it right back to that side of the ledger. We got right hand Dan also in the discord. He goes in DJ Reed. Way to fulfill the next man up mentality. Hey, I don't know about you, Brandon. DJ Reed, like that dude looked like a difference maker out there. All, all the DJs were being celebrated, but he looked like a difference maker. Jay Scott, AZ12, he has the in on tackling. I, I mentioned it before. Just being able to count on one hand the missed tackles. He does say some missed tackles for sure, but mostly making hard hitting key tackles. Yep. Loved it. Back over to an out from Ella, Ella, I, I, we love some Ella in the discord. She's great. She does say out making Mullins look good. However, I talked about that earlier. Yeah, you look good, but that's, that's garbage time. You know, you want to, you want to look good in garbage time when we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're not playing any sort of press and we're, we're, you know, eight, eight, 10 yards back and letting you dink. All right. But again, if that's an out, that probably means we've had a lot of good stuff to talk about. So thank you, Ella. Yeah. 30 to seven, allow them to spin as much clock as possible as they as they try to score and yeah, it got a little bit close. But it was one of the nice things was that seeing the Seahawks ability to respond when they when they did try the onside kick and they just decide to essentially they, they ran the ball well on that drive, whether it was Russ picking up 
a, a first down or I think that was maybe the one that he took the helmet to helmet on. But that they ultimately converted that attempted onside kick into a touchdown. And that that really helped seal the game. Yeah, always. I mean, it was super nice. I think you commented on it when when the game was happening. You, you dropped something in there saying like, hey, just now just go score a touchdown. Like they gave you the ball there. Like put seal this friggin deal away. Yeah, and they did, which is really nice. Well, I'm, here's what I'm going to take out. I'm not putting this one away because I love I love symmetry in life and everything and else. We got B Wags biceps in the Discord. His in is B Wags biceps. <laughs> I mean, that's poetry. It is. Right hand Dan comes with an in. Touches on what you already hit on Clinton. An underrated in to David Moore with making those clutch catches. Mickey Swank out on Twitter at Mickey Swank, also Schmick. He goes in. I'll shorten this just a little bit for brevity's sake. He's like watching Jimmy G get benched is always nice. Now we know that Jimmy uh, did re-hurt the re-injured the ankle. He's going to be out for a number of weeks. You know, heal up and all that and all that. We don't want to see people injured. However. Man, did we make Jimmy G look like a really, really bad quarterback, which I think he is. Mike at McG2587 on Twitter. I, I like this one because it even involves some self-scouting. Uh, he says, in DK, continuing to stick it to those who doubted him prior to the draft. Loved all the DK stuff. You know, no real need to mention DK in the show because, you know, he's he's being covered well in the national media after this game. But the out here from Mike says, my premature criticism of DJ Dallas. Mike is giving the out to himself for premature criticism of our fourth round running back. Well, Mike, sometimes, you know, you got to you got to start at home, right? You got to you got to say, am I doing right by me? And if you're not, you got you got to you got to course correct that, because how how the heck can you help others if, if you can't look in the mirror yourself? So I commend you, Mike, that that's you know, I think we're all healing here. I feel like we're healing. I'm going to keep on going with this as I go to Christopher Rolf. He's at beast mode 24, but you got to replace the A with the number four. So that the, should be simple. It should be simple. That's yeah. He, he's been listening to the show long enough that he he's digging in to the nooks and crannies of this game. He gives the end to Dwayne Brown for a key block that enabled Dallas to get a first down on a key third down in the red zone, which later resulted in a TD. And yes, I, I think Dwayne Brown needs to be recognized. I'm glad Christopher came in with that one. Love it. Love it. And, you know, you know, I've got love for, for Adam, Adam Emmer and, and, you know, also known as the rant, Adam, the rant. He's, he's your partner in crime on the Seahawkers podcast. He's the, he's the godfather of this whole thing with you, the co-godfather. He comes in with the discord and says, give the D a ton of credit for that first quarter. He goes, had, had bad field position twice, zero points and a turnover in, I, Hey, that was a sluggish, a sluggo first quarter until we until we really started to get that locomotive going. The D did what they had to do and just kept making Jimmy G look like a sack of rotten potatoes. Yeah, the defense in the first quarter, the defense in the third quarter. I, I mentioned it in the postgame show, just the ability to hold a team to just six offensive plays in the third quarter. As much as the defense has taken through these first six games of the season. I, I'm glad that we got to give the defense a lot of credit in this episode. We sure did. And, and we're going to, you know, now we got to get on a plane, right? Not, not you and I, Brandon, because we don't, we're not part of the, we don't play the football games. However, we feel like we do, but we got to get on a plane, got to go all the way, you know, across the, uh, the great USA, head over to Western New York and uh, next to the great lakes up there and go play a 
feisty, you know, odd kind of Buffalo Bills team. Like they started off so hot. Now they're they're winning, but they're winning some of these, you know, winning some of these games that like they don't look very good. All of a sudden, Josh Allen looks very, very mortal. They're kind of hitting us at a time where they've won a couple of games, but they're not exactly in stride. You know, it's kind of like they're trying to get from second to third gear. They were in fifth gear earlier. They slipped a few gears. And, you know, when you get that kind of opportunity, you got to go whack a team like that. You, you do not let a team like that on the road you know, just stay in a game. So what, what I want to see, I would love for us to just, just go out there with, the, with the, a similar type of aggression. Let Russ get going really, really early because throughout Pete Carroll's entire tenure, we, you know, we always hear you know, can you win the game the first, the second, the third, and it's the fourth quarter? Well, you know what, Pete? In this game, we won the game in the second and third quarter, specifically the third quarter. We put this game away. So I'd love another repeat of a game where if we're up by, let's say, 14 points heading into the fourth in Buffalo, that sits pretty well with me, Brandon. I got to be honest. This game's going to pose some challenges for them, especially I think the Bills are a good running team. And so if they get that going and plus, even with Josh Allen's arm strength to, you know, if they get behind the sticks that we, we haven't seen this team perform very well in third and long situations. And I think that that's where that's something that could, they could struggle with uh, going up against a quarterback like Allen. The thing I'm probably most fired up for is the return of Adams, right? We get Adams back. And if we just had that mentality of like, we are going to put pressure on Allen, make him be accurate. He's been, I think he's, I think he gets a bit of a bum rap with his accuracy in general. I think he's gotten better in the last, the last year. However, I'm still in that corner. That's like, put some heat on that dude early, make him be precise downfield and see and see how it goes. So I'm super, super pumped to get Adams back. I think he's going to be the difference maker that he is. I'm looking for him to come in, get a sack, get a deflected ball, and maybe put Allen on the turf one or two times, deflect the ball, Karch Karai style. Away we go. And with that. There's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.